You got a Rolodex over there, Paul? What the heck is going on at your house? What? What? What do you mean? Do you have that like fourth grade mouse with the ball in it still? Like, can we? Is that is that what you hear? <laughs> you hear, hear that? <laughs> so uh, behind my doors, I my house is built in 1981. So they have the springs behind the door that are the door stoppers, and I have a 10 month old apparently that's on the floor in the room above me. So that's uh, that's what that is. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Didn't know you could hear that. That's phenomenal. the things you learn. <laughs> that is phenomenal. I think we're I think we're good on the stream, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us uh, here at Hashtag Sports for our Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots preview. Uh, we got Daniel Gauri's Apex Buffalo Mafia, uh, Paul Berg, uh, Luis, Rick, Chad, Shiva's Gold. Uh, among others in the chat, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, before we get into any of the particulars of the episode, we do want to let you know that we are in really, really close uh, to meeting our goal for the Punt Foundation, uh, uh, Brian Mormon's Foundation for uh, Children with Pediatric Cancer. We can't thank you enough for the hashtag heroes. So if you're a member of uh, Hashtag's uh, premium channel, obviously, um, you're one of the hashtag heroes. And all the super chats that get donated will be going to the Punt Foundation. We're almost at our goal, and we want to thank all of you for that. Obviously, uh, Brian Mormon's Foundation, Punt, standing for Persevere, Understand, Need, and Triumph. Uh, second or third week in January, we are going to be uh, presenting a check to the Punt Foundation, so we cannot be happier about that but thank you for joining us for this preview we haven't done one of these in a while paul we're usually just all jacked up on mountain dew after the buffalo bills beat somebody uh it's great to kind of take a step back and preview something that hasn't been done in such a long time for the buffalo bills in sweeping sweeping um the new england patriots so uh, obviously the Patriots sitting at six and eight right now, the Buffalo bills at 11 and three Buffalo bills already clinched the division, uh, last week and got some help for, uh, from a couple other teams. Uh, as far as the seating goes, I, you know, I have, I have a bunch of numbers in front of me, Paul has a bunch of numbers in front of him. We're going to try to give you guys some entertaining and enlightening, uh, statistics for tonight, but we can't thank you enough for, uh, for coming on tonight, Paul, now that I'm Mario. done rambling, um, do you remember how to do these? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> All right, Aaron Lewis. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I know normally, like, with the schedule that we often have, you know, we really are only doing things a couple days a week. Um, so it's sometimes really tough to look down there, especially when you don't know, um, you know, injury reports. And now with COVID, you never know when a player is going to drop out. So we could cut an episode on Monday or Tuesday that we plan to air Thursday or Friday, and we just have to throw it in the trash bin. Luckily, we've always been able to avoid that. Like we really have over the years have been able to avoid losing episodes, but the Patriots put 20 guys as questionable on their injury report. So if that's not Billy B saying, come at me, boys, you you figure it out. Come at me. The the injury (laughs) report looks like a receipt from CVS. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) What the heck is this thing? Um, uh, Packers are going to force us to win the last two games. John Marlowe coming in. Uh, last I checked, they were winning. They were beating the uh, the Titans. So uh, talk about a collapse by the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who, know. Uh, you know, some people were kind of worried, you know, with the seeding going on with the Buffalo Bills, you got, you got the Browns, possibly the Ravens, uh, you got the Dolphins, and, and the um, 
and the Indianapolis Colts. People were kind of worried about the Colts, but after surrendering that big of a lead to the um, to the Steelers, uh, it, that was that was kind of a rough game to watch today. I was, I was it kind was of, I was flipping back yeah. and forth. So yeah, it was. I really, you know, you're watching that game and you're like, man, the 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 Steelers just look burnt. Man, they just look they look run bad. down, don't they? Yeah, they look bad. They look bad. But they still were able to come. I mean, the Colts just couldn't figure it out. A second half. I mean, really, the end of the first half happened, and then the second half happened, and the Colts just couldn't. They just couldn't figure it out. I don't know what it was, uh, but they they just couldn't figure it out, which is a shame. I mean, it it should have been a good football game, and the score says it was a good football game, but it it wasn't a good football game to watch. <laughs> it was it was a train wreck. It was. It, it was. It was a train wreck. That was a hot mess. Inside a dumpster fire, inside yeah, a train it was wreck. Bad. It was bad. It was bad football. <laughs> Thank game. you, Clayton, for uh, yeah. Drop a like. It gets kicked out to all the Buffalo, um, Buffalo Bills mafia and the hashtag nation. So make sure that you do that after you guys subscribe. Um, Rivers not looking good. Daniel Gower saying, yeah, the Rivers does not look good. So we're obviously yeah. we're going for some particulars, but the, I mean, Josh Allen has been compared to prior to this season. Quite a bit to Cam Newton. Oh, and I know here Paul, we go. Paul had something. Here we here, go. This is a, go. Strap in and keep your arms and legs inside <laughs> the vehicle at all times because this is going to be a heavyweight bout right now. Um, but you know, initially prior to the season, he was compared to Cam Newton. A lot of people are saying the physical traits. He's a big guy. He can run. He can throw. He can do a bunch of different things for you. Obviously, the Carolina connection being something that uh, a lot of people always draw. You know, the comparisons to as well. Um, I mean, Sean McDermott had a front row seat on how to game plan against Cam Newton for years. I mean, it was right. it was great. But, right. you know, Paul has something that he would like to talk about <laughs> as far as Cam Newton and Josh Allen go, which I think yeah. that's, you know, we like to talk about stuff a little bit. I mean, and, and since they're playing the Patriots, it kind of makes sense. It is apropos, it. Yeah. right? It is apropos to talk about it now. First off, Cam Newton is beat. <laughs> like He's just he physically... It's it's not this isn't a good fit for him. Right. Like we all like here at hashtag, we talked about Cam Newton ending up with the Patriots for a while before it happened. We're like, yeah. let's come on. Let's just we know where this is going. Just get him in. Just sign him already. <laughs> sign him for nothing because nobody wants just sign him. Let's get it over with. And there was always a theory because, you know, New England was always looking for the next great quarterback. Right. Look at look at their drafts. Right. They, you know, they drafted Garoppolo. They, dra- they drafted Ryan Mallett. Let's not forget Ryan Mallett was there. Oh, boy. Um, you know, it's they were always looking Rohan for the Davey. Next, right? <laughs> Let's just get a shovel and dig up that name. <laughs> okay, Rohan Jabron Hamden. Davey. You love bringing up Jabron Hamden. <laughs> Don't you dare besmirch the name of Jabron Hamden in this live stream. I will not stand for it. You're not going to stand anyway after I put you through a table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, um, I have to look at weight capacities on uh, folding tables. like, And most of them say you must be at least 175 pounds to pierce this table. So, you know, we got to watch out for that. I'll just add 250 to yours. Don't worry. <laughs> so I um, looking at Cam Newton versus Josh Allen. I was going to send this out in the into the Twitter verse. And I got a little too scared to do it, and I didn't. Uh, for those of you who don't know and don't follow us on Twitter, I have been really salty on Twitter recently. So it's a true story. Um, 
I can't, I can't do it. Right. Yeah. Um, Twitter, Twitter and I don't play along very well. I get very frustrated very quickly. So sarcastic <laughs> Paul comes out right away. Um, so yeah, thanks Rick. Right. Bosby. Right. Right. Anthony just brought uh, up Bosby. That's exactly it. That's, that's, I will get on a train and I'm, I'm going to ride it on Twitter. So I was going to tweet this out about Cam Newton and I was thinking about how long Cam Newton has been in the league, right? Cam Newton started in 2011. Okay. And this is now 2020. Mm-hmm. You feel like Cam Newton's been in the league longer than nine years, right? When you think yeah. about it, doesn't it feel like he's been in the league a it's little longer like he's than been that? Here for a while. I mean, when he right. first came out, I maybe falsely gave him the title of he'll be like the LeBron of the NFL. Cause Nobody athletic. at his size, yeah. his his right. weight, his athletic ability ever came out like. That. I mean, he was he was like six six two fifty, yeah, and can He's, run like yeah. a deer. Like that's not fair. When no, he first it's came not. Out. No, it's not. So here's where I end up with Cam Newton, um, and comparing him to Josh Allen. For everybody that's saying sign Josh Allen to this ten. 12 year contract like we've seen with Mahomes, you know, like the Watson yeah. deal, like yeah. these really, really long contracts. Watch Cam Newton this weekend because that's what an athletic quarterback who never truly learns how to be a passer looks like. That's what they look like at the end of their career. And we're talking year nine, right? Yeah. So we're we're already into, you know, we're already into year three of Josh Allen. Right. Yeah. So six years from now, that's what an athletic quarterback looks like if they don't turn into a passer. Right. Yeah. And you tell me whether you're comfortable with making if you if you think you've seen enough of Josh Allen, the passer to be comfortable with that. Right. I'm not saying for or against it. Right. I, I'm just saying understand that that's the risk. Right. Because you are one injury away from that looking that, from Josh Allen uh, six years from now, maybe being that player. And that's it's just something to be aware of. I'm not saying that's who he's going to be. I'm just saying you have to understand the risks when you sign players to long term deals like that. Yeah. And it's something to at least watch, watch Cam Newton on Monday and see if, if you're, if you're comfortable with that six years from now. Well, I think, I mean, even in the year where he was the MVP and he had 35 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns, I'm talking about Cam Newton now, I think it was this in 2015, I think it was, um, you know, he, he really didn't have very good accuracy with a lot of his throws. Um, you talk about a guy who had learned, had to learn how to throw. Do you think that in year three, Josh Allen has learned how, you know, how to do various things as far as throwing the ball in certain spots? I mean, he's still working on his technique a lot. A lot. It seems like when they get a 10 point lead, that's when he wants to work on his technique. Right. You know, but right. that being said, I think he's by far, you know, ahead of Allen. He's ahead of Newton in that respect. And I just want to break really quick. Breaking tables, Bill's talk. And he says, if Dayball leaves, I think, uh, I would think Dorsey would be the next in line to be the new offensive coordinator. I think Dorsey would be perfect guy since he knows the system. He's been mm-hmm. there. Uh, could you see Jordan Palmer being brought in as a quarterback coach for Allen? Now, I will say, I will say no for the simple reason that I don't think Coach K will ever leave Duke. Mm-hmm. Palmer works his own hours. He does whatever he wants to do. He takes whatever clients he wants. He works with a very a, a array of quarterbacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if he wants to be a coach on an NFL team, that's great. But I, I think right now he just, he, he has, he, he makes his own schedule. 
He's enjoying life not being tied to an organization, exactly. right? Exactly. Because there's no fear that he's going to not have a job tomorrow. And yeah. when you're tied to a team, that's exactly what happens. There's always the fear that tomorrow you're not going to be there anymore. Well, yeah, because now he's known as this guy who can work with quarterbacks and get them where they need to go as far as the NFL level. And if he goes to a team and that quarterback falters, it's, it's not like he can go back to that job. At least I don't think he could. Um, but, I mean, in thinking of the comparison, if we get back to Allen and um, – thank you, Allie <laughs> – uh, if we get back to the comparison of Allen versus um, Newton, I think Allen by far is ahead of Newton as far as that as far as his passing is concerned. But uh, the system that he plays in too, Paul. As we pause, yelled at by my wife. As we pause for station identification. Well, so, for those of you who heard my son playing the spring doorstop upstairs, <laughs> uh, she picked him up, and apparently his diaper was relatively full. I will not confirm nor deny when that happened, but she picked him up and she's like, I'm covered in, in, in urine. Now she's like, I'm so my wife's mad at me. So she couldn't control the hose as it was spraying yeah. all over the place. No, no, no. No, she picked him up and the diaper. Ever, ever squeeze a sponge? Oh right? no. Apparently my that's the level we were at. How long did you have it on him? Since not long. 6 a.m.? <laughs> What the heck, Paul? Come on, man. Not even yeah, you could hold it that long. I know. Well, um, no, but I mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. <laughs> I would say that right now, if we're getting back on topic, Allen is by far a better passer mm. this season, though. But one season doesn't make a guy. I understand. Well, that. and we've seen aberrations with Cam Newton before, right? So, like, it doesn't. It doesn't take. It wasn't all that long ago where we looked at Cam Newton and said, "Wow." where the hell did this guy come from? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it, they went 15 and one, but even in the season when, where they went 15 and one, he only threw for 3,800 yards. Right. So Josh yeah. is, is, but look at the weapons he had. Josh's weapons are far superior to what Newton had. Newton was working with, you know, a, a bunch of valet attendants at wide receiver. <laughs> like he wasn't, there wasn't anybody there. So it was, it was a surprise. But if you look at the career numbers, right, they're a lot closer than like, Per well, game, I, they're a lot closer yeah. than what you would Every think. Every time they throw a stat of Allen in the red zone rushing for a touchdown, they're like, mm-hmm. all, right, all right, he's second to Newton. You know, he's second to yep. Newton. You know? yep. um, well, I'll, let me just give you the, the stats real quick on this. Okay. So we're talking per game. So over Newton's career, over Allen's career. Again, this last season for Allen is wavering these numbers closer to what they were at the start of the season, right? Yes. So from, uh, from Newton's career, Allen's career, per game basis, a number of completions, they're both averaging 18. Right. 18.8 to 18.7. Basically the exact same. Right. Number of attempts. Allen's got 30.8. Newton is 31.2. That's attempts per game. Hmm. Uh, Yards per game. Allen's at 218. Newton's at 227. Touchdowns. They're both at 1.4. Interceptions. They're both sub one. Um, Sacks. They're both at 2.2. Actually, Newton's at 2.3. So, again, the same. Right. These numbers all look the same. Then you get to the rushing stats. Seven rushes, seven rush attempts for Josh Allen for 36.3 yards. For Newton, 7.7 rushing attempts per game for 38.4, right? On rushing TDs, they're, and Allen's at 0.6 per game. Newton's at 0.5 per game. Yeah. Like, it looks the same, but you just have to remember the progression of Allen, right? Yeah. If you looked at these numbers before this season, Newton looks far superior to Allen. Yeah. Statistically. Oh no, I understand that. You got to remember they they they're playing in two vastly different systems as well. Sure. So sure. With, with different talent around them. 
even mm-hmm. though they were from the defensive standpoint, you could say it was kind of comparable. So, yeah. <laughs> Mario Mute Paul. Apex. <laughs> He's trying to crap on his holiday high. No, no, we're done. Trying. And by the way, we hope we hope everyone had a great and, and you know, Merry Christmas. You know, we really hope you guys mm-hmm. did. We didn't get a chance to yep. say that. But um, no, I, I think Allen is further along. So I think the fear if he had if he had stats comparable to the first two years, but they were eleven and three, mm-hmm. I can understand how that would be camouflaging a lot of things. But this kid's right. throwing for like what seventy percent. He's got four thousand right. yards with two games to go. Right, thirty to yeah. nine touchdown. To, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So totally agree. But your worry, I believe, Paul, lies in the hands of if you give this kid a new coordinator. Are you are you willing to risk that cash? Is that what you're willing mm-hmm. to do? Like, is right. that is that the question yeah. you're really asking? Because Dave's yeah. not going to be here for the tenure of Allen's career. Right, he's not. Yeah. Just, that's just a fact. You know what I mean? Uh, will he be here next year? Who knows if he doesn't get a job, uh, a head coaching job somewhere? Mm-hmm. Houston, maybe. I mean, I think I think his destination is going to be the Chargers. Honestly, I, I think they're going to move on from Lynn, and that's that because you know why? Because I think Herbert's the most comparable guy to Allen right now that mm-hmm. Dable could see himself going. All right. I, my system would work with a, with a big, strong arm quarterback. Um, I can work with Herbert. I can do that. But, I mean, getting back to Allen versus Newton, I would not be against paying Allen because you already know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, he's already proven to be 97.8% of your offense. <laughs> Yeah, so it's far. crazy when you look at when you look at the numbers <laughs> and you remove Allen from like the rushing stats. It's, it's scary. Oh, yeah, but it's it, scary. It's a scary world uh, when you take Allen's rushing stats out. So that in line proves that you could pay him what you need to pay him, mm-hmm. and surround him with other guys. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I mean, he could he could pick up the slack is what I'm saying. Uh, if, right. if other guys, if you have to if you have to sign him to a huge deal, you're not allocating money in other positions. You can get by with role players at those positions. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, but I if the system that. changes, is he? Do you think he's he's matured enough as a quarterback to move on with another system? Do you think he's Alex Smith esque in the fact that he could pick up a new system quick? Oh, well, I mean, you're, I mean, you're tempting the fates by bringing up Alex Smith, who had like eight coordinators his first nine years. Like that's that that's a that's a little bit different, right? That that is a little bit different. Uh, Jason Hawkins does mention something, and I I do want to agree with him real quick because it's a great point. I don't want to lose it in the chat. Yeah. He says I think the hail mary against the cards put a chip on the whole team's shoulders. They don't want that to happen again. To be honest with you, over the season, I think you need reminders that things uh, sometimes don't go your way, right? And I think that there was a negative at the time. Like we all were, you know, we were all heartbroken when the hail mary happened. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, those things can either uh, sink a bad team or raise up a good team. It's like the watermark for for you know a low of the season. Yeah, that was the watermark low of the Buffalo Bills season was losing that football game. It really it wasn't any low. You didn't see that team. It never it never got lower this year no. than that play. I, and oh, truthfully, it uh, wasn't on that one play. The lose the game on one individual play at the very end. Mar, the that was the lowest watermark of the season. It really was. I I, I think the th- the three losses. I don't know if it was the lowest because I was pretty, I, that Titans game was was abysmal. I think I think the Titans game showed them that everybody has to show up to play. You know the key guys and key and key components that are vital to this team being successful. The Titans mm-hmm. game showed you that. The Chiefs game showed you if you come out flat on defense, that's that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The Arizona game taught them that hey, on any given Sunday. 
if we don't show up or we play down to the competition of our team, or the team we're playing, we can get beat guys. So we have to be on point every week. And then you had the motivation of, okay, there's an 11 and one team coming in. Okay. There's a young gun quarterback that you got to play with the Chargers. Oh wait, there's Russell Wilson. It's an MVP talks. Okay. There was this little motivation for the team every single week. Hey, if we win, we clinch a playoff spot. We clinch our mm-hmm. division. You know what I mean? And they did a lot of stuff. And I think that's, you know, with, with Pittsburgh winning and with the two division games that you have left, number one, to try to sweep the division. Number two, um, to beat two rivals from the division and have two more AFC wins and clinch the second seed in the AFC, that's what's on mm-hmm. the horizon for them right now. That's their focus at this point. But they... But the greatest, the greatest part about that is last week, this week, and next week, they're all playoff atmosphere games. I think that's the biggest part that you're going to see going on with this Buffalo Bills team going forward. Is These are all playoff atmosphere teams. It's not like you're playing Cincinnati week 17 before you mm-hmm. got to go to the playoffs. Um, the caliber of quarterback, though, is always what I've had in question because those are the guys mm-hmm. that stir the drink. And it was right. said in, in the chat a little bit earlier, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Gauri's. Um, KC looks beatable. KC looks very beatable. After today? Yeah. yeah. They only put up 17 points. That's well, not Kansas City. Well, they're playing a 4-10 and 10 Atlanta team that always gives up leads, and they looked like they were going through the motions, and they still won. How yep. good are they? How mm-hmm. good is Kansas City? Like, they're know. scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm glad that they're going to be on the other side of the bracket from Buffalo. You know, like it's just, <laughs> well, that's why having me, the second seat is, is key. Th- exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and Pittsburgh pulling that game out today, you know, it's again, they're still lingering, right? Yes. That's a team yes. that's just hanging out. You went out, you get the second seat, just the bills. Right. You went out, you get the that's second it. Seat. That's it. Yeah. I'm not a big proponent of, you know, uh, I think a lot of us kind of anticipated Indy beating Pittsburgh. So when we were looking down the road at, you know, could Buffalo rest their starters, you know, the final week of the season? I think a lot of that was predicated on Indy beating Pittsburgh, right? Yes. To give you a little bit of that space. Uh, that's not there, right? So nope. you can't make nope. a mistake. You can't, you can't, these are two very winnable games. You go out and win the football games that you should win. That's, yeah. that's they, it. You got to go out winnable. and win. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, at this point, we're assuming we're seeing Cam Newton and not Jared Stidham, right? Is that yeah, what we're just four possible that? choices over the next two games? Who, mm-hmm. who we could see? We could see Cam. That's true. We could say Stidham. Yeah. We could say Tua. We could see Fitz. I mean, who, yeah. <laughs> who do we yeah. think we could uh, um, mm-hmm. to see? I mean, it's but it's vastly different game plans for all four of those guys, which sure. will test the defensive adjustments that are going to be going in. Remember the first game, uh, the first game for the Buffalo Bills. That was. Um, I mean, they won by three on November 1st. And we all remember that. We all remember the fumble at the end by Zimmer causing uh, Cam Newton to fumble. But if you look at the the, def- the comparisons of defenses, yards per game, Buffalo's 15th, uh, New England's 10th. Passing yards, they have the fifth best passing defense in New England. They have the uh, the 26th rushing defense. Um, they're only they're sixth in the NFL in points allowed. Mm-hmm. For a team that's six and eight, that's pretty impressive. For, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and third down percentage, they're see, 18th. They're right with Buffalo on third down percentage. I don't so. see the Patriots taking a week off, you know, even though no. they know that anything they do now only hurts their draft capital, right? Anything they do really, really only hurts them at this point. Well, I mean, um, literally everybody will forgive them for a bad season. Like players, 
everyone will forgive them for a bad season. Well, half the fans went to Tampa. I'm just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to, I do want to talk about uh, people are getting really salty about bandwagon fans. Like people that are coming out of the word work to cheer for the bills right now. Um, so I know, I know Chad mentioned it in the chat. We yeah, probably um, should talk about the bandwagon fans. All right. Tell me like about the bandwagon perspective on fans. That. Yes. Well, hold on. I want, I, yeah, I, I'll, we'll just pause on that for a second. Um, do you think the, do you think players will look at it and see the Patriots as a sinking ship or do you think it is, well, they didn't really have a quarterback till like two weeks before the season started. So, you know, we're not, we're not frustrated about this. Depends what side of the ball you're going. I think that if you if you're a defensive player and you're thinking about going to the Patriots, you know that you got Tua in the division. You don't have Lawrence anymore. <laughs> He's not going to be going to the Jets. You might have Darnold. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to sit there. You're going to you're going to sit there and, and, and think about it and go, okay. Miami's on the rise. <clears throat> young coach, young quarterback. Okay, mm-hmm. you look at what Buffalo's doing. You know, you got a coach and a quarterback there. That's, you I mean, they're, they're about to win the division. Then you look at the Jets. They're going to have a new coach there and possibly a new quarterback. And then you look at New England. If you're a defensive guy, you I mean, before they used to go there and take less of a check in order to try to get a ring, but you st- there's still a lot of studs there on that defense that you could play. And then if, if they're sixth and giving up points, you know, people will talk about that. Like, hey, we just got to get a little bit of offense. We're going to concentrate on the, that on the offseason, blah, 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 all this other stuff. If you're an offensive player that wants to go to New England, I got I got a question the longevity of McDaniel's there because mm-hmm. I think that McDaniel's didn't leave for Indianapolis because he knew he was next in line because Belichick was leaving soon. So if you're an offensive guy that wants to go to the Patriots, you're going to say, okay, my co- my offensive coordinator will eventually be my head coach. Mm-hmm. So there's longevity there. I think that they won't go to a place unless there's longevity. So there still might be some things for – People, okay, if you want to come to New England, this is where mm-hmm. the place is to be. But I think that has shifted, the pendulum has shifted to Buffalo in that respect where, hey, if you want to go up to a place that's cold, <laughs> you play cold weather games in the Northeast, you might want to go with one where, you know, they recently won the division. They have Their infrastructure is really solid there. Not mm-hmm. that it's not in New England. I know it is. But, I mean, you're talking about a Buffalo Bills team that is so young. Right. Well, and I saw Ali Akbar mentioned in the chat, anyone who has the means, because he's uh, he's in the 716, he was mentioning, you know, shoveling. Um, I'm in the North Town, so I didn't have to shovel. Did you have to shovel this week, Mark? And, I did. I did. Yeah. I shoveled the drive. Did you get a lot of snow? Did I you get did, a lot of snow? I, I did get a lot of snow, and my back is killing me. Yes. Yep. yep. Nope. I got like maybe two <laughs> inches of snow. It's North Towns are great. I love North Towns. Uh, but Ali mentions anyone uh, who has the means to move out of New York does. I envy them, to be honest. Uh, that actually brings us to our sponsor, which is Mr. Rogers Homes. Uh, he is our Arizona relocation specialist. So if you're out of town, a lot of people who watch our, our streams are out of towners. If you're ever looking to relocate into Arizona, uh, Mr. Rogers Homes.com. He's got a free relocation guide. You can grab that in the description of this video. Um, and uh, yeah, great guy, Sean, a huge Bills fan from the 716, but he's been in Arizona for like 30 years. Um, but we talk constantly. He texts me every week about the Bills. Uh, we talk football literally five times a week. We, Sean and I talk a lot for Mr. Rogers Holmes. Um, so he's the, the Buffalo Bills fan. of realtors out there. He's the top one percent. That's top one percenter. Yeah. That's it. Um, the bandwagon fans. I think. I think this is important to talk about, right? Okay. I don't get bothered by bandwagon fans. I know a lot of people do, right? Because yeah. you mark your territory as a Bills fan, but we're kind of a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like. 
if you come to a game and it's hard to get fans right now, right? Because there, there's yeah. no tailgate to suck them in. There's no game day experience, right? And not a lot of people come to want to come to Buffalo, right? Now, a lot of times they end up at Buffalo because they can't afford tickets at another surrounding stadium that their team is playing at, right? <laughs> but I'm okay with people cheering for Buffalo, right? We're an yeah. easy team to fall in love with. Look at once you get like once you get into, you know, the culture of what it's like to be a member of Bills Mafia, we're awesome. We're a lot of fun. Yes. I, I I don't get bothered by people who get jealous of that and want to be a part of it. I really don't. It doesn't bother me at all. Um I don't know if you I don't know if you're a little more territorial as a fan. I don't know. Um, it's like it's almost like a rite of passage. Um I mean below zero says I disagree, Paul. But and, and you're probably gonna you get some people. No, I'm I, I think that in order to now, you know, you think about Buffalo Bills fans suffering through what we've had to suffer for the past 17, I mean, for the 17 years of the drought being made fun of all this other stuff, but we still stuck by our team and we still stuck to our guns. That is kind of like a badge of honor. Now, if you're a Bills, how long have you been a Bills fan? Well, I've been a Bills fan for this long and yeah. I've suffered through, I, I, you know, the nineties, I, I celebrated through the nineties. I suffered through the two thousands you know, in a lot of the 2010, but you know, it's almost like I could see both sides of it. One, it's like if you're at a company for years and years and you're waiting to get a promotion and a guy that just comes into the company gets a promotion over you, <laughs> you know, you're like, no, I've been here working every day. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you don't just going to get a, a, a ride to right. the front of the line, but I could also see the fact is that the, the teacher in me is like, listen, you want to come to the Bills Mafia, and someone said, "Oh, whoever comes in now, they're pretend uh, bandwagon fans are pretend." Brian Buck, he says, "Bills mm -hmm. uh, bandwagons are pretenders." Well, you remember the first time you were introduced to the Buffalo Bills and the fan base here? You don't get it's it's the mafia. You you don't leave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you don't leave. Yeah. You are a member yeah. of the mafia. You don't leave. Um, right. So once that once to Paul's point, once they see how much fun and how much engaging and how passionate that the fan base is with the team how close they are with the team how much the team is with the players and, and so on usually and in normal season when they have fans in the stands i understand that mm -hmm. um the, the, you're hooked you're immediately hooked now i little full full disclosure i did not become a bills fan immediately and i was not a bills fan in the 90s so mm -hmm. i don't know what it's like to have success as a bills fan I was never a fan of the 90s. <laughs> so I didn't become a fan of the Bills until I think 2000, 2001 mm -hmm. maybe. Yep. Well, I, I do think I think there's blood a in, bunch blood of comments out, that we need. Yeah, there's a few comments we need to get to here. John Mallor says Bills are the cure for COVID blues and flus, uh, <laughs> which is. That's amazing. Yeah, I, was, I mean, the Bills were definitely the symptom of a lot of things for a lot of years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jay Barkley says, I don't mind bandwagon, bandwagon fans as long as they know their place and aren't arrogant. Uh, it's, you know, I think that's a good point, right? You can cheer for the Bills, but just don't be that brash, arrogant guy who a year ago was, you know, you know, you're, you're waving your flag for the Raiders, right? Like, don't, yeah. we appreciate, we appreciate the enthusiasm, but I, there, you got to earn your stripes. Um, Breaking Tables Bills Talk says Josh Allen 6-0 and versus team with top 10 passing defenses this year. And actually, Breaking Tables Bills Talk's YouTube channel is, is, is actually really it's good. It's phenomenal. You guys it's should really check good. it out. Yeah, yeah, if you guys haven't subbed to Breaking Tables, you probably should. You probably um, should. Tom, Tommy's putting a lot of work in over there. He is. Um, so I think Allen is reading defenses and adjusting at the line much better this season. Uh, that's definitely something that 
um, kind of concerned me walking into the season was Allen's checks because we saw for the first two seasons, Allen would race to the line to get there before the play clock got to 15, right? And Mark, why was that so important? Oh, because he had Dable in his ear the entire time. Right. So yep. he was going to be like, okay, you're going to be checking this, checking that. I think the fact that he, um, having been in the offense for the third year, having to know they did a mix of him. Remember the first two years of his, his, it was all learning. Like he wasn't supposed to start coming out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You remember that he was not supposed to start coming out of the gate. He was supposed to sit back and watch and all and he was developing all sorts of stuff. So they, they tried one way with him, one reading out. Then they tried another thing after he got hurt. Remember we split up Allen's, um, he had four seasons prior to this year. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he had his rookie season before yeah. he got hurt, his rookie season after he got hurt. He had his uh, second year, you know, before he got hurt and, and after he got hurt. So he's gone through a bunch of different levels of hurry up, uh, you know, break the huddle from the line, doing a bunch of different things. Uh, and I think because he's been running so many of the similar type plays that Dable has, he knows where to look for certain downfalls of certain things. Mm-hmm. So you don't see – like you never see him throw the same pick twice. You never mm-hmm. do. I mean, you look back yeah. at it, look through his I career agree. as a rookie to second year mm-hmm. to now. Is if you could if you can match up the same pick that he's thrown, like this kid doesn't make the same mistake twice, and that's what's great about it. Um, but I think he is starting to read defenses a little bit better. He's, he's starting to get things, and even when he doesn't, we said that the one thing that's that separates Allen from that entire draft class is that he has the arm strength to get it there if he's late on a read, and you'll know that because when he throws it. There's no run after the catch. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's done yeah. where he catches it. Yeah. It's like throwing to Sammy Watkins. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Stop congrats to Pierre, one. who just upgraded to the All-Pro. Hey, Pierre. Hey. Uh, Mario and I have um, have a very special surprise that we're going to be beta testing with uh, Elliot, uh, one of our moderators, oh, yes. uh, for the All-Pro and Hall of Famers for the live streams. And even after hours, uh, we've got a – this is going to be pretty cool. We uh, but we're going to idiot test it with Elliot. before we before we release it to the masses uh but congrats to pierre and again all money uh from the mem you know all all proceeds uh we're talking about from super chats and you know and the hashtag heroes those memberships again go to the punt foundation so we're really excited about getting uh getting as much of that in under the wire for 2020 and try and make 2020 as good a year as we can absolutely Um, Next you know, year we'll we'll pick a new charity and we'll we'll start doing that one. Yeah, so we're, yeah. Know, we're gonna keep uh, yeah this, the punt's been a good one so we're far, gonna though. keep this band rolling for now. Let me let me ask you a question because somebody just uh, John Marler just mentioned Marv Levy. I gotta ask you a question. Maybe this is an episode. Maybe you could tell me to put a pin in it for an episode. But uh, Brandon Bean and McDermott when they got here, right? I was very concerned about the fact that they were only signing Boy Scouts, right? Like you had yes. to be. You had to be, you know, an Eagle Scout to play for the Buffalo Bills. And we'd seen that before, right? We saw that when Marv was GM. And that didn't go so well, right? Marv brought in Boy Scouts. That's what he wanted. He wanted the All-American polo shirt buttoned up all the way, hardworking, nose-of-the-grindstone Boy Scout. That's what Marv wanted. I feel like this is a different episode, maybe an episode for another day. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Should we talk about this? Should this be? An episode? I mean, I, I can I can comment quickly on it, and then we can save it for an episode. Yeah, for another yeah, let, yeah. Go ahead and do that. I would say that I would compare it to cooking pasta. I would I would definitely compare it to cooking pasta. Now, if you throw a bunch of spaghetti in a pan, oh my god, the Italian guys making a pasta reference. All right, I get it. Please continue. 
Sorry. If you throw if you throw the spaghetti in water that's not boiling, what happens? Nothing. I did nothing. Just it just, just stays. It just stays yeah. hard headed, basically. <laughs> but if you heat up the water and you put everything that you that you desire in it, that's what they was. That's what he was doing. And then you happen to put that uh, spaghetti in there, it'll mold and conform and start to soften up a little bit. He had to get those guys in here first to lay the groundwork for the culture. Once he did that, he probably knew he wasn't going to win very much in the first couple of years anyway. He mm. probably thought, you know, making the playoffs was a fluke. I think we all could say that. Breaking the streak was a fluke. So what he decided to do was get all these guys, these high-character guys around to say, listen, okay, I want to set the tempo and the atmosphere of the locker room so that if we bring in some of these knuckleheads, guess what? You're, you got to either you know, do, take care of what you got to take care of or you're not going to be here. Mm. So – and the winning is what's solidifying what he's doing was the correct move. So you're 11 and three now. You got all these high character guys. You probably have a couple guys on that team. I, I mean, I love what Diggs has been doing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking bad about Diggs. But if this team was three and 11, I have a feeling Twitter might have been approached by Stefan Diggs. I don't know the man. I don't know the player. I've never met him. But from what happened in Minnesota to now, you're eleven and three, Paul. You say it all the time. Winning cures everything. There's certain yeah, sure things does. you will never hear about mm-hmm. if a team is winning. Look yep. at the. I can't wait for the thirty for thirty in five years about the Patriots dynasty, and all the shady stuff that comes out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they're yeah. winning, no one's going to say mm-hmm. anything when they're winning. Yeah, right. Um, and the coaches right. that are coaching in the NFL right now, you know, you got you got O'Brien, you have Rabel, you have. Um, well, Patricia's gone, but the point is you had guys that were like, okay, they're still coaching, so they're probably using some of them techniques, so they're not going to say anything bad about the Patriots right now. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, that isn't an, another episode, but what I'm saying is he had to lay that foundation of the players first. Okay, we're getting talented, high-character guys. We need we, – those are the two. Moneyball. That's what he said. This is – you know, I need Scott Hatterberg at first. Okay, get Pena out of there. So my point is this: He had to get those guys to lay the, the ground, the foundation for the locker room, and then afterward, he was allowed to yeah. bring in some knuckleheads if he wanted. Yeah, Why, this feels like this feels like an like an off season episode. This is a great off season episode. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let me I'll write that down. Okay, I'll, I'll pin it. All somewhere. right, you're gonna write. Let's uh, let's get back to the Bills versus Patriots, right? Yes. So. Patriots have typically been a ground team, right? The last few years, that's that's kind of what they hung their hat on was being a ground team late in the season. That's what we'd see, right? You look at Tom Brady, and, and from a fantasy football perspective, Tom Brady, the first eight weeks, was a great quarterback to have, right? And then the last eight weeks, well, nine weeks, right? Yep. Slowly, and as you got into cold weather, what would happen? Well, then start turning to the ground game, right? Start turning over and over and over and over again. Damian Harris is a fun running back to watch because he's old. You know, he's he's he could pound. He could pound inside. I had high hopes for Sonny Michelle, and uh, those are quickly being dashed, right? Just doesn't look like it's going to work out for him in New England. Mm-mm. The Patriots running the football against the Buffalo Bills. Vulnerable? Like, are we still thinking the Bills are vulnerable against the Patriots being able to run the football? I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't. I okay. think what what the Buffalo Bills have been able to do, especially in the previous weeks. I mean, you talk about when they had to stop the run, they stopped the run. You look at uh, Josh Jacobs. You looked at Derrick Henry. You looked at um, not Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, but when you look at some of these teams that have running backs that could, that could gouge you and that can do some, you know, Melvin Gordon last week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, the, the, the blueprint for Denver last week was to try to run the ball against the Bills, and they couldn't. They couldn't at all. Right. I mean, nope. I think you have like 50 yards to total for the whole game. But that being said, I think they refined a lot of stuff. And to your point that you made last week on the postgame, Paul, having Matt Milano in there, I, I don't know what it is. It turns Tremaine Edmonds into a bigger monster. Yeah, I I am uh, going to look up Milano's snap count from last game because I don't know what it is, and that's I a good point. I got you right now. I'll do oh, you right got Milano? Okay, yeah. I'll do a um, right yeah, it's. I'm going to be honest. I'm blind. I'm, I've said it before. Yeah, about wow, that is really bright. <laughs> Twenty-five um, snaps, forty-two percent of the snaps. Okay. Okay. So he's still on a pitch count, but yep. obviously, obvious passing downs. Mm-hmm. So you're still relying on Klein and Edmonds to to take the bulk of the run game with you. Plus those guys up front, they had to learn the defense too. I mean, they had to do something. You got you lose That's Phillips a- and you lose Star. You got to mm-hmm. remake that whole defensive line. Right. Well, and let's not forget that Harrison Phillips first year under this defensive line coach, right? He missed last season, right? So we're talking it it is a change, and I don't think you know position coach changes get the attention that they really deserve. No. You know, for some mm-hmm. of the struggles that players will have fitting into the system, because the defensive line coach needs to understand the system. The defensive line coach doesn't understand the system totally. That doesn't work, right? That that's where you run into major problems. Is your your organization starts slowly peeling away because if your if your position coach can't translate what the defensive coordinator needs to the players you have a disaster on your hands. I do agree. It probably took a little bit of time to get that right. Again, the bills aren't putting up a lot of sack numbers, No, but that's pretty normal. Yeah. That, and when you're only bringing four, like yeah. this is a Tampa two, you're kind of only bringing four guys the whole time, but Matt Milano being on the field completely changes Tremaine Edmonds. It completely does. changes him as a player. He it becomes does. a fearless monster with Matt Milano out there because Milano does such a great job at cleanup. And even Milano, they I know he's on a pitch count. They're bringing him a little bit more than I've seen in previous seasons mm-hmm. um, because, again, I think they're a little concerned about him going side to side. So they're just going to bring him forward. Right, they're they're gonna they're gonna use him in pressure packages. They're they're gonna use him that way because it's a little easier for them from a health perspective to just bring him forward than make him run side to side. Yeah, I you're gonna want to test drive that car one more time before you buy it. I think that's what the Bills are doing, and I think it was a calculated move, like you said, with with Milano and his agent. You're not gonna IR a guy, or he's not gonna want to be IR'd in a contract year. Because he's gonna want to, he's gonna want to play. He's gonna want to try to shop. You know, if not for your team, he's gonna shop his wares. Um, don't go to the light. No, I'm not gonna go into the light, Luis. Um, but you, you start to look at it. <laughs> now it's an interesting thing you bring up with Eric Washington coming over from from Carolina. Obviously, it's McDermott guy. It's Frazier's defense, overseen by McDermott. Mm-hmm. Do you think there was a bit of a disconnect with the defensive line and the second level and third level, based on? You know what I mean? Because McDermott probably, like you said, there's not a lot of sacks. That's McDermott-esque. That's not Frazier-esque. Right. Frazier right. wants to bring the heat on you. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when he does bring the heat, you know it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're blitzing Klein off the edge. You're bringing a double. But we're seeing that a blitz. lot more. Yeah, we're seeing that a lot Absolutely. more. But, yeah. but when you have a defense that's been together for 50 games, like if you look at <laughs> that's defense, the main parts of it been together for like 50 games now. You got to start bringing things that you just you haven't been comfortable doing in previous seasons. You have to make changes, and bringing pressure is one of them. Now, is it generating a ton of sacks? Nope. But you have to do it enough to make a team uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, just just getting the guy off his spot is effective. If you if you make a guy have an errant throw on third down, you get the ball back. Doesn't matter if it's a sack or not. Okay, now we're talking about flipping field position. That's different. If you're talking about you, uh, you, you know, the, the opponent has the ball on your thirty, and you got obviously you want to get a sack in that situation, so you get him out of field goal range. I understand that, um, but that all being said, I mean, I would take pressures all day. I, I mean. It, Hughes is getting there. He's just half a second late. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's getting there. They're pushing the pocket up the middle more, um, mm-hmm. whether they're a gap blitzing or not, because what you're doing is when you, even when Milano and Edmonds line up in double a gap blitz and they peel out of there, that offers confusion for the offensive line and who they're blocking. So it makes the defensive tackles lives a little bit easier. So that's how they help each other. Um, if you're going to blitz, as you all know, we've talked about this a lot. If you're going to blitz, you're going to have to have some guys play man back there a little longer than they want to. So the fact that they're starting to bring more pressure with Klein, Milano, and Edmonds, the fact that Milano and Edmonds know each other for so well, know where each other's going to be, know that the other one will pick up the slack, the fact that the guards aren't getting free reign on the, on the second level anymore, these defensive tackles are doing their job. I'm not worried about the New England run game. Is it a concern because that's where their strength lies? Absolutely. But as far as if you would have asked me November 1st, am I concerned about the New England run game? Yes. Right now, I'm less concerned about it than I was. Yeah. I think that's a great point. That's a great point. You you went the long way around on me, but that's a great point. I had to. I had to <laughs> you know. um, Matt Spies brings up what happened to Kumaro. Were they just setting an example? Roster management section real quick. Yes. Jake Kumaro is the reason you didn't sign Dan Jackson to the 53-man roster. Because you've got guys coming back from IR, Kumaro, they signed him up to the active roster. They had to cut him, or they had to waive him. Sorry, excuse me. They had to waive him to make room for John Brown, right? They have to waive somebody. When, when you put a guy on IR and then sign somebody to replace him, at some point you need to make a roster move to get that guy off of IR. So even though John Brown hasn't been activated officially to the 53-man roster, yeah. he's been cleared to return, um, they wanted to clear up room for him to be eligible to play, and that was going to come at you know the lowest-hanging fruit, which was Kumaro, right? I think they waived him and hoped that he would get back to their practice squad. I don't think it had anything to do with anything else. They signed him up to the active roster because yeah. they knew they'd be able to waive him and, and maybe get him back down. Yeah. Uh, but they can't do that with Dane Jackson. You put Dane Jackson on this roster and waive him to make room for somebody else coming up IR, he's gone. I think they were willing to risk that with Kumaro, and they're not willing to risk it with, with Dane Jackson. Yeah, Kumaro so, wasn't a draft pick. I mean, there's, right. there's, there's yeah. a definite thing. These guys love the guys that they pick up. Uh, they love the guys they pick up. Um, mm-hmm. DK comes in with a... A question that we probably d- did about three episodes on, Paul. Oh, yeah, but it's a uh, while ago. I know. It was a while we, ago. We traded Mahomes' pick. We got White, Allen, Edmonds from picks, including picks mm-hmm. for trade-ups. Who won the trade? Um, right now, Kansas City has. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- would I make that trade again? Absolutely. But yeah. when you talk about what is remembered 
in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What do you remember it for? This guy was already a league MVP and a Super Bowl MVP, and they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Allen, Edmonds, and Trey White have not yet. So if right. that's your marker, if that's your benchmark, okay, they won the trade. The X factor is him going to Andy Reid and sitting for a year behind Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. So that is that is something that – let's put it this way. If the Buffalo Bills took Patrick Mahomes with the 10th pick and didn't trade back, um, who knows who they would have taken the next year because they probably would have been drafting high as well. Mm-hmm. I think they would have been drafting a, a high pick as well there. I don't think they make the playoffs. Um, so if you're going to get an extra first-round pick by, by having another team trade up, uh, obviously the McDermott Reed connection was very strong. You know, okay, you know he's trading up for a quarterback. You know there's four mm-hmm. studs coming out the next year that you could you have a pick from. Why not make that trade? And then mm-hmm. get the assets, you know, he got the quarterback of his offense, quarterback of his defense and a lockdown corner. What's wrong with that? I don't I don't yeah. see, I see both teams winning the trade hands down. Yeah, I this is I think that's a great point. I think this is a both scenario, right? So yeah. you look at Mahomes and the the fact of the matter is Mahomes walked into a better situation with a great offensive coach. Yes. Right? Allen walked into a developing situation with the defensive head coach, right? Yes. And had to play and had to play right away. He didn't have the luxury of being able to learn. Um, they didn't give him that luxury he had to play right away. So I, it is a tale of two cities, but the fact of the matter is both organizations walked away with what looks like their franchise quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a win-win. Now Buffalo needed more help than Kansas city did. Oh God. You know? Hands so, down. I mean, that's just, yeah. So they both, they both won that trade. Now put yeah. Mahomes in Buffalo, put Allen in Kansas city. Uh, Allen is an athletic freak and he likely would have had success with Andy Reid because he Andy Reid Andy Reid is a, is an outstanding offensive mind. Yes. So Reid so would have Biennium. figured out how to I love leverage him there too. The enemy's going Yeah. I mean, right. It's going to be enemy it's going to be enemy and Dable going for jobs. Those are yeah. the top two highest. I agree. I, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with you there. Um so both teams really won that deal, but Buffalo needed the help. So it, it's one of those where like you're in gym class and it's first pick or second two, right? You took you second, second two. two. Yeah. You took second two. Yeah. And and uh, I'm very comfortable with that. Yeah. It, the only problem I have with the trade is when I hear people say, oh, my God, Mahomes threw for 50. And w- w- Bills could have drafted him. They could have, yes. But if you think he's throwing for 50 in 2018, I think um, I would like to know who your handler is. Because <laughs> that's not happening in Buffalo. Mm. Um Luis keeps oh. messaging and retracting them. I, I I read one of them. I almost got to the end of it before he retracted it. If you got a question, Luis, hit, hit us up, buddy. Uh, so Anthony asks, uh, with Gilmore out, do you think Allen could break Bledsoe's record tomorrow? I think he'd break it with Gilmore in. Digs on Gilmore. Uh, that's fine. I um, I'd I mean, love to see John Brown a, put him on skates, but you talking about Bledsoe? I got I got. I need a minute. <laughs> he needs he needs 360 yards spin just put it in the chat oh, he needs 360 yards two games yeah he's got it i mean well no just it, do you think he's gonna do it tomorrow oh tomorrow 360 mm, yeah. ooh, i don't know i don't know listen jalen hurts almost threw for 360 today okay i'm just saying it's possible he was playing the, the cowboys <laughs> if if the, Allen the was Patriots playing the Cowboys, the Patriots, wait, the, the Patriots put twenty guys as questionable. <laughs> what are you, aren't they basically the Cowboys at this point? <laughs> are we really there? Come on, they're America's most wanted, not America's team. 
it, 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 the weather is going to be nice. John Vernon actually mentions it. I, I say Vernon, and I don't think that's actually how you pronounce the, that last name. Veneeron. Uh, 50, Veneeron. I, think I don't so. know why I say Vernon. It's quick. Um, you know, it happens. Uh, 50 degrees tomorrow in New England. It's going to be a warm day, respectively. Perspective, yeah. Perspective. Uh, you know, I, mean, I just it, it depends on the game plan. They've been really good at allotting the game plan to certain points of what they want to attack. Like if a team mm. has a typically a, a weaker run defense, like New England did, they ran the ball against New England very well in the first matchup. Let me go back and and, and just see that matchup really quick. But I, I'm pretty sure they ran the ball successfully. So Allen didn't really need to do much. Um, if I'm looking at the first matchup with the Patriots, 24 to 21 victory. The Buffalo Bills were able to run for 190 yards. They only threw for 149. They actually were out, out gained by the Patriots in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. You know, it's the Bills have just not run the football effectively all year. I just don't see all of a sudden you do that. I mean, if you're going to put something on film. This is kind of the time that you put it on film, right? If you're going to run the ball 36 times uh, tomorrow, don't you want to do that right before the playoffs and put that in, in the film box and say, uh-oh, Buffalo looks like they're changing things up as they get to cold weather. That makes sense, doesn't it? Like, part of me says you should run the football a lot. If, as Run the football as much as you can tolerate and still win the football game. Like, the, the, the football guy in me says do that. Put that on film. Make teams prepare for that. Yeah, you do want to put a bunch of a bunch of different things on film for teams to try to game plan against that are, you're going to be coming up against. But I mean, just uh, statistics from the first game: Cam Newton, 15 for 25, 174, no picks, no touches. Josh Allen, 11 of 18, 154 yards and a pick. Mm-hmm. That's usually a quarter for him. <laughs> right. But then you look at uh, Zach Moss. I mean, Damian Harris, 16 for 102 and a touchdown. Zach Moss, 14 for 81 and two touchdowns. So. The Buffalo Bills were really focused on running the ball, even though Stephon Diggs had six catches for 92 yards in that game. Um, six of, of, of Josh Allen's 11 completions. So you can bet that they're going to try to take away Diggs at all mm-hmm. costs. They're going to have mm-hmm. three guys. They're going to bracket covers. They're going to do a bunch of things with Diggs. So I, I expect um, tomorrow to be the game where another guy has to step up. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for another player other than Stephon Diggs to step up in this game. Could it be Zach Moss running the ball? Yes. Could it be Cole Beasley, who is having a sneaky good year, by the way? Yeah. Sneaky. Um, could it be Dawson Knox? Could it be could Dawson Knox have his breakout game against the Patriots tomorrow? Is it possible? Mario, I'm I need to check you for signs of a stroke. Do me a favor. Can you can you can you feel both hands? Can you can you do this? You're about to catch these hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's not going to catch Dawson Knox. So I do not think Dawson Knox is is the straw that stirs the drink for the that Bills. That whole sequence oh, is, is a typical phone conversation, by the way, for <laughs> Hashtag Nation. That's true. Um, That's true. No, but I'm just um, saying, though, it, it the, the way that the Buffalo Bills could go into the playoffs creating a lot of doubt for other other teams is that if – somebody other than Allen and Diggs stirs the drink offensively. So it's another weapon. You're like, wow, what you got to deal with Allen. You got to deal with Diggs. Now we got to deal with bees. Now we got to deal with not. Now we have to deal with, you know what I mean? It's like the more weapons you can put out there that teams have to contend with, the more it opens up your playbook. 
Mm-hmm. It opens up so much more stuff in your playbook. If 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 why wow, is Knox not even playing tomorrow? Like, am I missing no, something? No, yeah, no, Knox is playing. No, what I'm yeah. saying is like, let Knox have six catches for 80 yards tomorrow. Watch <laughs> teams be like, oh no. Well, it's it, it, and uh, James FX ninety uh, said hot take three receiving TDs or uh, for over 40 yards uh, for Dawson Knox. Like, is this is Dawson Knox burner account. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> is this is this Dawson Knox handle? <laughs> James FX, what's up, buddy? I've never seen him comment before. Uh, Daniel Garis, uh, John Brown can have a great game versus New England. I'm actually going to disagree with there. Um, I don't think John Brown plays unless he's above eighty percent. What are you playing John Brown for, right? What What do you like? I know, I know, you want to, you need the to push part, for the two seed. The other part of the fear factor for other teams, if you want to show what the you see what this offense did over the previous weeks without Brown. Imagine you put mm-hmm. Brown in the lineup. Plus, if they're, if if New England's sole focus is to take away Diggs, who had half of the receptions of Allen last game, I know these are two different teams now than they were when they played November 1st, but if you're starting to say, okay, could you throw to somebody else other than Diggs if we take away Diggs? Mm-hmm. John Brown's a heck of an option. So, yeah, so sure is Beasley. Is. Um, yeah. But they – New England practices against this offense every day, and they have for their entire career. <laughs> a lot of these guys have been there. You know, they've been there with Edelman. They've been there with with Brady in the past. They practice against this very offense and how it's mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, breaking tables, Bill's talks, and he says, uh, what we've done in the last four games uh, has maybe gone unnoticed was Dable and Frazier's halftime adjustments. Big reason why we won four in a row. I agree with you 110%. Um Breaking tables, where you fil- you film your stuff in the car, don't you? Uh, every once in a while. Think, every once in a while. I think I think we have. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have a copy. We're going to be sending you a cease and desist copyright infringement. I'm just kidding. Breaking tables. I'm kidding. Clearly kidding. Just we just got to get you in our car. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, mm. I do want. Steve Rose brought up something, and I think it's a great question. I I do want to get to it. Um, so he was talking about home field advantage for Buffalo. Now, obviously, no fans in the stands, right? That's yeah. that's a big detraction from having home field advantage. But let's just imagine for a moment Kansas City gets bumped in the second round, yes. right? And you have a home AFC championship game in Buffalo. Are the elements enough to make it home field advantage? Right. Does mm-hmm. Buffalo present enough unique elements? It's it's really windy here. Like one of the reasons if you go back, go ahead and look how many times have the Bills had a young kicker. Go back and look a kicker who hadn't already been, you know, that hadn't been on multiple teams at that point. You didn't see it very often. A lot of times Buffalo was signing like very veteran kickers because it's a tricky place to kick. The stadium is very tricky to kick. It is. It is. Um, so does Buffalo present enough? advantages to be really home field advantage without the noise. I think it's a great question. I don't know, Paul. I just pulled up the Buffalo Bills roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Southern California, Georgia Southern, Southern Methodist, <laughs> New Mexico, Louisiana Tech, UCF. That just means they like to scout where Texas it's warm. A&M, I don't blame Virginia them for Tech, that. <laughs> Miami, Florida, Louisiana State, Georgia. <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm hearing... <laughs> No, I'm just, I, uh, I think that for, uh, you know, people thought that the defenses were going to, we're going to have a lot of things. I mean, I, I think it's only for, Hmm. I think it's only for, if you were an opposing team coming into a very, very loud stadium, it'd be very, very tough for you. I understand that. 
Um, but it's like these guys have been doing it for 14 games now. I don't think it's a big deal. I don't, I don't think home field is going to be a big deal at all. John Marlowe, Bills 27, Packers 13, Super Bowl. I'd be down with that. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, B Lightning, listen. Uh, you're, uh, hold on. Let me get back to it. Uh, listen, you're telling me that uh, when Buffalo has a home playoff game with no fans, that people would, would rush the parking lot? I mean, good luck keeping people away from that stadium. Good luck. Because there's so many residences around there with lots of open field. Good luck keeping people out of Orchard Park. Good luck. You can, You're not going to be able to do it. It's too residential an area. There's not a lot. There's a lot of football stadiums are in metropolitan areas where you can control that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Buffalo. No, no. Nope. I could see. Buffalo. I could see a, a a very sizable crowd outside of the stadium watching the game on those little like big like those billboards they have outside, and just making noise from outside. <laughs> I could see that. Um. <laughs> What Apex say? AJ Dillon. No, no, no. Paul yep. D. Did you ever hear Steve Tasker tell the story when some Buffalo Bills threw up a piece of paper and then they watched it blow all around the stadium up near the top of the bleachers? I didn't. I've never heard that story. I, I, I um never heard that. They did the four falls of Buffalo. I love when Tasker said there were 2.5 million people at the comeback game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Everybody that's true. was there. Uh, Butcher's Block, please take it easy on us tomorrow. Sincerely, all of Pat's nation. Uh, listen, we, <laughs> we will take it easy on you because we respect you. I make no promises for the 157 people in the chat and all of Bill's Twitter. Yes. I'd make no promises. Oh, Jared, thank Jared, you so much up, for supporting. Brother? Yeah, thank you. That money, again, 100% of all the Super Chats are going right to the Pelton Foundation. So thank you so much for that. They appreciate that. Thank, thank you, you very so much. Thank you so much, Jared. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, ha- Merry Christmas, go Bills. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, happy holidays. That's phenomenal. Um, But, you know. Just a side note. Did you up? see uh, who was it? Oh, God, there was somebody on Twitter. He was uh, He was a safety he made a hit on Aaron Hernandez because their comment about Aaron Hernandez came up. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Who had there a was hit? A sto- it was a story. It was like throwback Thursday to when I hit Aaron Hernandez on the sidelines and they took his helmet off and told me he was going to kill me. Little did I know. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. That's a, It was a legit thing on Twitter. I oh have to find who it was. Lord. I don't remember who it was, but not, somebody. Nope. It was somebody. Nope. I got to know. I nope. got to remember it now. Nope. Not touching it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Got it. Yep. Um, I think the uh, the 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 home playoff game that the Buffalo Bills have, um, I, I, you know what? I want everybody to be safe. I don't want anybody to put themselves in danger one bit, one iota. And I understand that this is a long time coming for a lot of Bills fans. I I, I just hope everyone's smart about it. That's all I care right. about. That's all I'm going to ever care about. And would I love to be in the stadium? You know, that, that that would be a hot ticket. I would definitely love to go there, watch a Bills playoff game at home. <sighs> wow. But I don't know. I, I just, I want everyone to be safe. Uh, we got the predictions coming up, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, just as Paul stated before, all super chats and all hashtag channel members, uh, which we, we call them the hashtag heroes here. Um, all the proceeds will be going to the Punt Foundation, Brian Mormon's Foundation for Children with Pediatric Cancer, so we can't thank you enough. We're going to be donating that check very, very soon in the upcoming weeks. Um, as well as if the snow is starting to bother you, Paul, where could they go? Oh, yeah. 
Hey, that's right. MrRogersHomes.com. He is the uh, he's our partner for this video. Uh, again, if you're ever looking to relocate out to the Valley of the Sun, that is Mr. Rogers Homes. His relocation guide is in the description of this video. Absolutely. Um, uh, scores I see popping up in the chat. Again, give us your score prediction in the chat. I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, a lot of them are bills by like a billion. Um, <laughs> so Brian Gilbert, 27 and 9. Steve Rose, 31 to 17. Uh, who see says 31 13. Um, I personally, uh, Pierre, Pierre mentioned 31 nice. 24 bills. Like uh, Bark Barkley says 38 10. Um, I oh, <laughs> James FX 90 says 49 to 6. Yikes, that would be a poetic uh, spike. I'd love that. You think so? Louise 38 14. Matt uh, Manson bills 35 to 12. To put oh, the final dagger. tables 34 to 9. So we're going to see three field goals. You know, I'm just going to score a touchdown. <laughs> Like we spot this, him a safety at the beginning of the game. <laughs> I, I look at it this way, right? I don't think the bills have to win by a lot, right? If the, the bills will score 27 and they'll be comfortably two scores ahead. We've seen, we've seen this bills team before do that. You know, they'll get up two scores and just kind of pop it into neutral and kind of cruise down the hill. Uh, I think they'll score 27 and take their foot off the gas and just kind of ride it. out. I don't see, I don't see the Pats scoring more than two touchdowns on Buffalo. I just don't see it. I had 28, 14. Yeah. All right, I'm, yeah I'm, so you're I'm, right with me. I'm fine you're right with, with me. I'm right. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that one, Paul. I mean, I just, I, I mean, what I love it to be a slaughter for, for the 20 years that we've gotten kicked in the teeth by that team. Mm-hmm. It'd be great, but you know what? If you win by, <laughs> I'm going to sound like Vin Diesel in Fast and Furious. No matter if you win by an inch or a mile, <laughs> winning's a win. It's a win. Yes. Win is a win. You win. To, uh, Illustrator, Buffalo, 17 nothing. I'd take that. Shutting out the Patriots. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Talking about putting the nail in the coffin of the AFC East, you stomp the Patriots to, to a goose egg. At, in their oh. house. Oh. In their house. Oh, Ask any racer, Apex. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness what a beautiful what yeah. a beautiful thing that would be and you know I, and, and work's not done yet but because you got you got the dolphins who yeah. right they seem to be peaking at a good time um their run game is starting paul you hated their you weren't a fan of the run game you didn't think they had a run game now it seems like you know your boy gaskins is starting to run the ball pretty good and in, in, hey in miami he used so. to run behind trey adams you know, it's, I saw a lot of Miles Gaskin in college, and I, I said this to my son last night when I was watching the Miami game, which was a wild game. What a wild game that Raiders game was. Raiders versus Miami. And I'm watching Gaskin play, and I go, man, he is so much better in the NFL than he was in college. Like, he's just... <laughs> Chan Gailey just said, come, come to me, little one. I will teach you how to not suck. Follow me to freedom. Not that he was bad. He wasn't bad. Gaskins was a good player, just undersized, not incredibly fast, not incredibly shifty, can catch pretty well, cannot pass for tech. So he's like a lot of college running backs that come out, you know? So um, Joel says, uh, Joel Young says, I say uh, stick with what was working, which is attacking the opponent's weakness. Yeah, I, I again, if that kind of depends, that Patriots team is just hemorrhaging left, right, and center right now. So mm-hmm. if if the Bills score easily throwing early, do you think do you think they ever get out of that mode? Do you think they just throw the whole game, or do you think they they have the ability to to start running the football? At this point, I, I worry about the Buffalo Bills getting a sizable lead and then keeping starters in there. That's what I worry about, like a stupid injury near the end of the game. 
Mm-hmm. I, I worry about that. Um, you know, not that, and I always worry about that. That's always something that's been a concern of mine. Uh, if you get, you know, it's like those guys that you know in baseball when they get up ten runs, they're still stealing second. You know, I mean, I want to, I want to put, you know, as a pitcher, I want to put the ball in the side of someone's ear when they start doing that. Like, mm-hmm. that's, knock it off. Right. You know what I mean, you don't need to do that. Right. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to look to make a statement in the division. They're looking to win out, obviously go 13-3, and three, mm-hmm. sweeping the division, taking the second seed, and they want to they want to prove, like, they want to leave no doubt about who they are and that who is the beast of the East right now. So they don't want to go and, oh, hey, we were 5-0. and oh, We couldn't affect our seeding, so we're not going to play guys against Miami, and then mm-hmm. we go 5-1 and one in the division. You don't want to ever give a team – that even possibly might make the playoffs. I mean, that could be a game where they're knocking, um, they knock uh, Miami out of the playoffs. Yeah. How off? You yeah. know, that's a, that's that's cherry on the cake right there. Again, you're just you're kicking kicking him down the hill. You know, yep. it's just you're playing king of the hill at that time. You're playing kingmaker is what you're doing. You're saying I will let you in, right? You got to beat you got to beat me twice, right? Yeah. How many? Go ahead, try and beat me twice. Go ahead, just try and beat me twice. You're making, you're playing kingmaker if you're in, if if you're if the Bills are in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things could happen, right? Beasley's getting close to a thousand yards. Do you think he gets it tomorrow? John uh, John Veteran says that two thousand yard receivers for Buffalo. The other one would be Beasley. Do you think he gets there tomorrow? That is, just let me see here. He's at. Well, he's got fifty more yards. Yeah, I think he gets there tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, duh, what about what about Allen breaking Bledsoe's record? He needs three sixty. Does he get there? Oh my God! In he's... in New England, in New England, think about it. In New England, oh God. breaks Bledsoe. I mean, the the, the story writes Do itself. It. I know, right? Doesn't he, it? He breaks he... Drew Bledsoe, who played for the Bills, was drafted the by the Patriots. Yep. <laughs> in you know that wasn't his stadium though. He played. He didn't play in that same stadium. But point being is this. Um, yeah, that would be that would be definitely poetic of if Allen. Did... Now, could he do it? Now, it's weird because. We haven't had the ability to say this about a lot of Bills teams in the past. If the Buffalo Bills play their best game and New England plays their best game, the Bills will win. Mm-hmm. When in the last 20 years have you been able to say that? Right. I don't think anybody yep. has. Nope. No. Nope. No. It's, I mean, there could be on some unfortunate bounces. There could be. How about this? How about Gabriel Davis? Does he break 500 yards tomorrow? He's at 459 right now. I, I mean, that just depends on if John Brown's playing, right? I mean, yeah. if Brown's if Brown's playing, no. If, if Brown's out, then yeah, yeah, that becomes yeah, that becomes very doable. That be, and, and Gabe Davis is becoming, and I know it doesn't feel like it, but Gabe Davis is becoming a a very dangerous deep threat in the NFL. He like is. if you look at his yards per target and his like yards 13, per catch, right? it's up there. He's 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 in he's up there. Um, when you start looking at if that's how you're going to measure deep threats, right? Is yards per target, yards per catch? Um, he's he's getting there. I love uh, the air fact- yards per catch. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. he's getting there. I love the fact that we always, from a physical standpoint, him versus John Brown is no comparison. They're completely opposite ends of the spectrum as far as physicality, how they play the position, what they're doing. But both are deep threats, like you said, in unique ways. John Brown, precision route runner, tries to get deep, tries to beat you with speed. Gabriel Davis will muscle you out of any ball that's up in the air. Like, it's his or it's incomplete. 
That's what I love about Gabe Davis, and that's something that Allen needs. Um, can Allen win Offensive Player of the Year? Ooh, that'd be a good one. I don't know, that usually goes to the uh, running back, doesn't it? Well, uh, well, I mean, the other argument is, does Flores win Coach of the Year with this whole Tua Fitz tango that he's playing and winning football games doing it? Yeah. Is that Coach of the Year stuff? He's doing what he needs to do to survive, right? Usually, win football the, games. The, the turnaround of wins is, is the biggest thing. I mean, the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills, they won 10 games last year. If they win 13, yep. was that a big, you know? Well, Mar, I mean, look at this, right? We're looking at the playoffs. There's going to be a 10-win football team who doesn't make the playoffs this year. Playoffs? Playoffs? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... That is a very definite possibility. That's, that's yeah. No, it's 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 yeah. It's no, a, it's a guarantee. It's a certainty. Oh my god! It's really? a certainty. There's going to be a ten win team on the outside. It's a certainty already. Let me look back at that. That's very Isn't that very crazy. Especially since there's you know they look at all the playoff teams there are now, right? Like it used to, the one and two seeds used to get buys. Nope. Okay. Currently nope. the Colts, Ravens. Okay, you got the uh, the Colts currently at ten wins. You got the Dolphins. Ravens, mm-hmm. Browns, and Colts. Mm-hmm. And then you already have, right? So that's four. And then you already have... Bills, Steelers, uh, and Chiefs. Bills, Steelers, and Chiefs. That's seven. And then the Raven, uh, the Titans are the lead, the division leader. Right. So you could have the Browns not even make the playoffs with a 10-win season. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. It's a certainty. It's, it's, it's locked that in. That is craziness. Yeah. And then nuts. With, with weeks to go still. Crazy. Dan Mitchell's toilet paper has somebody's handle on YouTube. Stop. I can't I can't say that. I've seen that one before. Welcome to the stream. Uh, cause they love to hate on us and deny us uh what we are owed. You know, being a Bills fan, you know what? It's about damn time. Right? Are we yeah. at the it's about damn time? It's about damn time. We are at the LeBron, it's about damn time. Yes. We are definitely mm-hmm. there. Um so uh you know what? Everyone dropped their scores. We got what we're going to be doing. We will have our post game tomorrow after the game, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, you know what we're going to be here. Um, hopefully, celebrating a Buffalo Bills victory over the New England Patriots, going five and zero in the division, sweeping the Patriots for the first time since uh, seventeen eighty five. Um, I'm not really sure when was the last time they swept the Patriots, but the point being is this, um, Joe, I don't think they're going to rest starters because they have the second seed at stake. If the Buffalo Bills yeah. went out and then uh, the Steelers went out, Buffalo Bills and the Steelers will have the same record, but the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills hold the tiebreaker with the win over the Steelers. Make right. sure like Daniel Gary says, you smash that like button. Mm-hmm. Paul, any, well, uh, and yeah, that? don't forget Miami's in a win and in scenario, right? If they win, they're in and they got to play Buffalo. Do, if you're Buffalo, do you want to rest your starters against Miami? Ha, maybe you lose that football game and then you have to play them in in the first round. Is that the scenario you want? Because you can make that happen if you want to. I don't even want to play them twice. I don't uh, want to. Yeah. I don't want to risk playing them three times. Yeah, you really? I don't even. There, you want to talk I, about the? I'm more scared of them than I am Kansas City. Come on. I am. I am. You talk about cut from the certain cloth. You know, a team that knows you, a team that goes against you, a team that you've seen multiple times. You get worried that this defense has been together for 50 games and people start to figure them out. What about a division rival that has seen you? Even though Allen has enjoyed a lot of his success against Miami. It's a new coaching staff, Mar. Like, it's just a helmet. They won 10 games, Paul. 
I know. I get that. I get that. But you're saying, you know, it's this team's been together for a while. It's a new coaching staff down there. So I, I'm not saying I, I disagree with you. I disagree. Mm. I, I'll happily play Miami because I know that I trust our receivers more than I fear their secondary. Is that, is that, is that understandable? Like their secondary oh, yeah. is scary, yeah. but I, I trust our receivers more than I fear their secondary. That's why Miami doesn't scare me because nothing they do offensively scares me. Nothing I, they do offensively scares me at all. Okay. I could see your point. I could definitely see your point, but I will say this. If this comes to fruition, if the Buffalo bills, if, if Miami makes the playoffs and the bills have the two seed, I'm just going to, there's gonna be a lot of ifs right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put this, this is a very rare bet. Okay. Very rare. Bet. If the Buffalo bills um, get the two seed, Miami is in the playoffs. If Buffalo bills go to the super bowl, they will have a greater win margin versus Kansas City than they would against Miami. Like if they beat Miami and then beat Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl, they will beat Kansas City by more than they'll beat Miami. That's that's interesting. I, I if that comes to fruition, I'm buying a lottery ticket tomorrow. No, if that comes to fruition, I'll buy a lottery ticket. But the point is, I just think that just everyone that you see and you talk to and you play over and over again, you know, you start to get mm-hmm. tendencies that other teams won't get. And I understand that, but Miami to me is a bigger threat to Buffalo than Kansas city is in my own opinion. I just think it is. Mm. I need a hurries versus Reed. That's not a comparison We're we're, we stand on different sides of this and that's fine. Yep. Luckily the bills just have to curb stop the Patriots tomorrow. Oh, okay. And then all this is over with. <laughs> And then we just have to worry about, you know, how badly do the Bills want to beat Miami? And that's another thing, right? Is is it even within this coaching staff's ability to not have character for battle, right? Like you well, earn the right to win. Like does it, does it? Doing, you know, no, mm. I'm just saying, does does sitting your starters even fit the character of this no, coaching staff? At all, not one bit. It doesn't, no. right? No. Yeah, it doesn't. I think that's probably that's that's a conversation for next week. Yes. But um, you know, I I don't know if this coaching staff has the character to to be able to justify to their players that they get a week off. Yeah. I I don't I don't I don't know. But I, I mean, I I give kudos to Flores because the moves they made in the off season, mm-hmm. they got multiple first round young guys. They got their quarterback. They got a young quarterback who's on a rookie deal so they could allocate money everywhere else. And they put that, they put that money in the secondary. What does that tell you about the bills? They weren't put, they weren't putting money in the secondary for the Patriots. They were doing it because of the bills. Well, and spin, so Flores uh, is ahead of the game in that respect. Spring brings up a great point. Says they rested the starters last year. Well, they couldn't improve, improve their position. Right. That's the, but that's that I think yeah. that's the difference maker. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. You they know, they weren't going to, they weren't going to go anywhere with their uh, playoff seating. If they were the fifth or sixth seed last year, uh, crazy killer 30 says, uh, the bills need to win to get the two seed. The bills definitely have to beat the Patriots. Um, and then it's, I mean, if the bills keep winning. Yeah. They keep the two seed. Um, that's, that's the way that works. That's out. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. So the bills went out. They keep the two seed. The bills can lose one of these games and still retain the two seed, but you need a little bit of help. You need a little help from Pittsburgh. So you do. Yep. So it's there. It's there to lose. Yeah. But it's there to win. It's more likely they they keep it than lose it, though. Jordan Light, I just got in. What what's up, gentlemen? What did I miss? Oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My condolences. <laughs> yes, I am psyched for the playoffs. We're gonna try to have some uh, special treats for you guys when the playoffs roll around. 
And um, again, for those hashtag heroes of All Pro and Hall of Fame, we will have an announcement coming up just for you guys. Again, all proceeds from our membership go to the Punt Foundation. Anything in the Super Chats goes directly to the Punt Foundation. Uh, so all those donations are happening in just a few weeks. So we're really excited to get all that in and, and over to Punt. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Can't thank you guys enough for Paul. I am Mario. This is Hashtag Sports. We'll see you after the Buffalo Bills beat the Patriots tomorrow. So, Ooh, yeah. that's daring. Listen yeah. to this guy. <laughs> you guys have a great evening. We'll see you. All right. Later.